Welcome to Hard Talks with Chris and Friends, where topics that are hard or will make you hard are talked about, where things get real and unfiltered. Here is your host, Christopher Velasquez. Hello, you guys. Welcome back. I am doing another great interview with people and the amazing contestants from Slag Wars. Today, I have one of the most controversial, most outspoken. And, and I'm going to look, I'm going to preface this with I was scared of having this interview before we started talking because I mean, a little bit behind the curtains. We've tried to set this up a couple of times. This is, it's finally working out. But I was scared of her before I got her on. And now I love her. She's so, you know, she's so funny and one of my faves now. But I was for sure scared of her. A little bit, because I thought she was gonna read me the house down. Oh, I'm gonna read. I'm still gonna read you, honey. Don't worry. <laughs> but now, but I'm not. Now it's gonna be a nice sisterly, <laughs> a nice sisterly read. But <laughs> she is Miss Monet, gorgeous supermodel, drag star, TV excellence. Um, and we just saw her on the last season of the Cox Destroyer show, Slag Wars. You know, produced by Men.com and hosted by the Cox Destroyers. She, you know, she introduces herself on the show as a big mouth but an even bigger personality and i could tell you those two things are true looking at her only fans <laughs> i talking to her she for sure has a great big personality how are you how's your quarantine going so far nikki hi guys well since he didn't really introduce me my name is nikki monet <laughs> what's going on um you should be scared of me because i am the only bitch that'll throw the truth up in your fucking face to make you deal with it honestly <laughs> so hi <laughs> um, what's going on chris and you for sure made you made us talk and have a lot of conversations on the show for sure we'll get into that a little bit but absolutely let's get into who's nikki tell us about nikki you are open about being trans so just kind of give us that little bio of well yeah i mean it's not like i can be closed about being trans i got <laughs> i got fucking linebacker shoulders um yeah <laughs> so um my name is nikki i've been doing drag since 2007 um i found drag from being kicked out of my house at 14 years old and shunned from my family I then was homeless selling drugs for a local drug dealer in Tampa, Florida. Um, I had to make a drop over to, uh, not really a drop, but like kind of found myself in a gay bar in downtown Tampa. And I saw these beautiful creatures on stage and there was a bunch of, you know, trans women doing drag. And I was like, wow, that's, I'm, I'm that. My body is changing into that. And I found out that that's who I am, you know? And um, here I am. Uh, I mean, that story can go on and on, but um, ultimately, drag saved my life posed uh the tv show on fx is 1000 true there are houses there are drag mothers that will take you in house mothers that will you know help you find the day of light and um i was fortunate enough to find a house like that that took me in off the street really gave me a chance at life and um that's why I'm so blunt, open, and honest about who I am. I'm very loud-mouthed, and I like to bring awareness and attention to matters that matter. Bam! Yeah, and and I, I, I like that you brought up the, the reference kind of pose, um, because I was going to kind of, you know, 
there is a lot of similarities with like Pose and I don't know if you have you watched the new show Veneno on on HBO Max and you for sure remind me of Veneno very front she tells you how she thinks it she has no problem expressing herself and just <laughs> she claps she claps her hands yeah man right and and she's open about who she is and and doesn't have any quaff with saying it how it is and that's who you are for sure exacto so um I can't believe I didn't know who she was prior I mean I, I know she worked a lot with Christina and uh Christina and I used to watch that as a child I was a huge Selena fan Selena made a couple appearances on Christina and um I, I guess I never knew who Venema was but she is a strong person for sure um such an amazing character in life and someone definitely to look up to um I'm very similar yes uh we have you know very hard upbringings and things like that so um you know typically that happens hurt people either hurt people or hurt people find their way and use their words to express what really matters in life and um I chose that route instead I don't believe in hurting people a lot of people think I am a bully and I uh I'm mean but no what I say is just truth and I like to get answers by being a realist if we could just go a little bit more into just you yeah so it you know I spoke about it on Slag Wars a lot uh not a lot but like that day that me Cameron and Gustavo were sitting at the table talking uh you know Cameron did get that um that spotlight of that episode Mm -hmm. um because you know we all they they gave us equal parts of speaking in that show and I spoke a lot so um Cameron had a really similar story and except for the estrogen part (laughs) you know (laughs) but yeah once I so this wasn't like a mind situation a brain a gender dysphoria situation this was a uh I started growing tit at 14 years old normally boys balls drop uh, and their voices deepen my voice deepened and my balls didn't drop (laughs) and um, (laughs) I started growing tit and that uh, you know the doctors are who you know told me this is what's happening with you this is what it's called it's called transgender you know where boys produce a little more estrogen than girls i mean a little more estrogen than the other boys um more estrogen than testosterone so i've never been on a hormone i don't have any surgeries to my body or my face with the exception of my breasts which um by the time i was 16 15 16 years old i had double d breasts and um yeah I just, you know, it wasn't like a realization. It was like a fuck what's happening to me, (laughs) you know? So, and that's kind of why I got kicked out of my house at such a young age. The doctors wanted to put me on testosterone and then put me on some estrogen blockers. And I was like, kind of to reverse what's happening to me. And I was like, absolutely not. Why would I want to reverse what the universe has given me, you know, and who who it's making me? I don't want to be doped up on medicine my whole life because my parents wanted me to be something that I naturally wasn't like you know and and i hate when people always say like oh you're trans you'll never be a real woman you're you're going to hell but like this this just happened to me i didn't ask for it you know so i mean not to discredit anyone that asked for it you know that chose this life but i simply just did not yeah that was i was about 14 years old honestly And, and you're very vocal and i think we're in a time um we're starting to to give you know, trans women, the spotlight they need, you know, we, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, and, and we could talk about this a lot, but the, the gay community first put trans women in the back of the bus, and um, their rights weren't as important, or, or, you know, giving them the, the voice that they need, but we're in a time where, you know, where things are changing, where trans people are getting their, their, their due time and, and their stage to speak out about all these things, things are changing. 
how do you feel about the community? You know, how do you feel about the community overall? Well, Chris, um, I definitely believe it just depends on the demographic that you grew up in, how you said that we've never really had a voice until now. I disagree with you. In Florida, where I'm from, we are the voices. We are who bring awareness to topics. We are who speaks openly on forums here in Florida. Um, Now, I think that if you really want to get down to the core of that situation, I live both in Florida and in California, so East and West Coast, and it is 1000% completely different. I think that in California, they, they put us in boxes. Absolutely. We are not to be spoken about or to even bring awareness to topics or be the voices or the faces of certain brands, certain companies, and certain topics in the gay community. It never resonated with me um, that, you know, I live in this place that really shuts us out, you know, that it's a very California West Coast thing. Um, Where I'm from, we've always, since the dawn of time, um, we run the drag scene here. We run, you know, we run the, the HIV organizations here. We run the talk about sex trafficking, drug addiction, suicide awareness. We run a lot of that stuff out here. So I think it is amazing that we are getting recognition on the West Coast now. Um, but it's never been anything for me to be like, oh, I've ever, I've never felt shut out um, truly until I moved to California. So I'm not sure if I'm the best person to ask that question to. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we, I mean, I asked because, you know, just knowing, and, and you're right. I mean, LA, we have had so many incidents and even just in the last year of trans women getting attacked and no one kind of really standing up for them, you know? So well, that's actually happened to me in LA a few times and I've never really talked about it. Um, with people uh, because no one really cared you know and yeah girl um yeah LA is a different beast we we gotta do better LA it really needs to be more um mainstream out there to um bring awareness to different demographics you know even I'm gonna be honest with you even the 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 African-American community is like when you see this racism shit that's in California baby it's crazy to me that think what 2021 needs to be about mostly is to break that that norm because we can't be having that that's that's bullshit you know people just living their lives driving to work getting pulled over and people recording it because they're scared for their lives that is wrong I mean, it's right what people are doing, but it's wrong that the situation occurs the way it does. There's a lot of things that about California that people don't know, you know? They think it's just a, a progressive state and it's like awesome. And it's like, it is awesome and it is beautiful. And it's not progressive at all. It really isn't. I mean, cancel culture came out of here. Which I don't believe in at all. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, um, I believe that people, and I, I actually heard this on a, I think um, a logo live feed yesterday. I think the cancel culture is um, people pointing the finger at people so that way people aren't pointing the finger at them it's a distraction it's a narcissistic move it's disgusting that you want to ruin someone's life the way that society has ruined our lives as gay people and you're kind of just doing what the world has done to us this whole time to our own people and i don't I don't believe in that. There is a difference between pedophilia and who gets canceled for what? I don't even know, but something minimal. You know what I'm saying? It's absolutely ridiculous. Like performing? performing at a club during a pandemic, right? Um, girl, a lot of people don't realize we have to fucking work. So, I mean, I'm painting right now because I have to go work in a club so I can survive. It's one of those things that people forget. And I to have this conversation just to remind people that not only because seems like something you're not supposed to be doing, every place has different rules. And if as long as you're following your state rules, and if your state says, hey, it's okay to have drag shows out 
out in public or wherever it is, th- that's the rules you're going to follow. And if you have to make that money, you're, you know, your landlord is not going to be like, well, LA's rules are this. So I understand I'm not going to, you know, charge your rent. Yeah, they don't, they don't give a fuck. Yeah, I can't stand this whole like badgering online and trying to cancel people because they have to make a living or try to mentally stay sane. You know, I came over here to make a living and to mentally stay sane. I tried, I, I, I tried taking my own life in California, Chris. Like it's not a fun thing. Uh, it's about to be a year since we're at a home order in California. That's not okay. You know, like people are mentally not okay. And I don't think people realize that just because you have off for a year and you might be fortunate enough to gain the funds from unemployment, which a lot of us aren't. Uh, so far, unemployment only pays me $300 a month. What do you want me to do with that? Buy toilet paper? So a lot of people don't understand that. Um, I did get one nasty message since I've been here in Florida and have been out here. The person was like, what are you doing promoting this on your Instagram? Like that you're out in a club. And I'm like, I'm not promoting. I'm literally just doing my job. And people tag me in videos. So I post them. They're like, you're a part of the problem. I said, honey, stop yelling at me yell at the governor here the governor opened it up not me they unfollowed me they were a fan of slide wars and i get that and but i again just because you're a follower and a fan a number on an instagram page means nothing to me if it doesn't come from respect you know maybe listening and doing the math and hearing my story on slide wars about how i wanted to take my own life during this pandemic you know dealing with depression and everything maybe you would have thought differently than to inbox me some bullshit like that yeah i think people just want to see it one way when it's not like that um, let's talk about some dicks and being some cum guzzlers. Okay. Um, let's talk about slag wars. Let, let's loosen. Let's loosen up, everybody. Get your poppers. Let's just take a little quick ah. popper. <laughs> and let's. I love poppers. Do you want to know something? I actually just discovered poppers the other day. Did you? So it's so weird. Um, so I knew what they were. I never really did them. Um, I remember going to the bathhouses when I was like a young homeless kid, <laughs> and I just like smelt this smell, and I was like. Once I like bought some the other day, I was like, this is that smell Mm. from the bathhouse. Yeah, girl. It took you back. Yeah. When your mom cooked something your grandma used to cook and you're like, oh, that takes me back to when my grandma, that was the poppers for you. Oh my God, I hate (laughs) you. The word for that, ladies and gentlemen, is called nostalgia. But But I like the the, the visualization of- So I learned learned that from a Lady Gaga song. Um, (laughs) Oh God. Applause. Well, you see- (laughs) Nostalgia is just funky. Not too- to be to be what's called ages but you know i learned nostalgia from um Dura Lipa. <laughs> but let's talk about let's talk about slag wars yeah let's talk about one time you got canceled <laughs> early on the show <laughs> when, when, when was i canceled oh are you talking about my <laughs> never mind go ahead I know, I know exactly what you're talking about you were being a funny faggot i hate you <laughs> <laughs> so episode one well no you know what let's take it back to when you canceled me and my great co-host one thousand percent um yeah. Jose Resendez, who we did the Slag War reviews. Um, and we talked about Basula. <laughs> and we talked about um you walking in with sweatpants. Tell us about your feelings. I'll, I'll tell you about my feelings. Everything I do, I think about top to bottom. Nikki Monet is a character that thinks from a head to toe perspective look. Yeah, we did just get off a plane. Yeah, I did curate that look. I made it with my own two hands. The leotard, the wig, the fucking sweatpants, I even bought Yeezys to wear for the first time. Um, walking in because I wanted to look like Kim, how Kim would walk off of an airplane, right? Y'all thought it was ugly on me and Nikki should do better. And this is the first look and how dare you. But then Miss, who the fuck came in after me wearing fucking sweatpants and 
a fucking tank top and you were like, oh my God, he looks so cute in his tank top and his sweatpants and oh my God, so cute. Fuck whoever walked in after me. Bitch, why in the gay hell was that okay for a male but not for a girl? That's what I felt. And I felt pissed because, you know, majority of people that know me know that I make my own clothes, know that I work really hard to, to produce anything that I produce. Yeah, I might not have read, it was supposed to be a monochromatic dull look. Girl, we were walking into a dull day in London. Um, I was just giving London teas. I was paying homage to Kim Kardashian, which last time she was in London, that's what she wore. Nobody really like gave explanation except for, ew, she looks gross in sweatpants. And it made me feel bad because the next second, what's his name looked sickening in sweatpants. So fuck you and Jose. <laughs> no, you're right. And look, as a faggot with opinion, uh, not uh, not always being the right opinions, I could, uh, I could admit that sometimes I do put, you know, femme-presenting people. I do put girls in a fucking higher pedestal. Yeah, it was just, like I said, I know it, it was bad. Now that you say the reference, and I have the reference right in my head, I love the reference. It was cute. I could admit when I'm wrong, and I was for sure wrong. You might not have been wrong. You might not. This is the thing. If you thought I looked hideous, that's cool. That's your opinion. That's your fashion toot or boot. That's okay. What I didn't like. And and look, I'm gonna and this is, this is the last we're gonna say about this, and I'm gonna, and I know I'm wrong, but there is a bias point that Tyrese, I was like, that, oh, you see, he's wearing sweatpants, but if I take those sweatpants off quick, I'll get to that booty hole quicker. <laughs> so there is that, That's what I'm bias. saying. There so fags think like that as yeah. opposed to, you know, they don't think of me sexually because y'all like fucking dudes. I'm going to be honest with you. I was, there's so many that I didn't listen to the whole thing and I never listened to, and I, sorry, because I love you now, Chris, but I never listened to anything past that. Yeah. Um, it no, put such and, and, and a dirty taste in my mouth that I was just like, I'll never support them. And then you reached out to me and I kind of read you on a, <laughs> on an Instagram live and you came on my live explained and I was like, all right, I'll talk to you. Let's have a chat, darling. But I think it both could go through that. I mean, we saw our, our first impressions were of each other were, you know, on a little screen and right now now being and i think that's what we all and cancel culture has to like kind of take a note from that you only see a little bit of a person once you really get to know them it's they're, they're completely that you know that one dimensional kind of speaking never works. you know what it's funny it's kind of like what's going on with tiffany pollard right now um everyone's calling her transphobic because she told one of the contestants she looked like a man and like you see this little clip but yeah. do you really know tiffany exactly i know her and i know that she's not like that um, is her wording bad for her apology? Absolutely. I'm not sure where. I don't know if you're like familiar with what's happening with her, but uh, she kind of keeps digging herself. And she, was she wrong? <laughs> the question was, was she I'm wrong? Like, so is, is the transphobia coming from the public saying that trans people look like men? That's how I'm looking at it. As exactly. A, as an actual trans person, you know? So, um, but a lot of people don't know who's what and what you have to do for TV. Kind of like a lot of stuff had to be said from me on Slag Wars in order for it to come up and be a topic, really. So a lot of people don't understand TV. So on that on that base, the other thing that happened, the thing that um, I was going to bring up a little bit ago was you did ask cute little Kevin, why was he on the show when, you know, he wasn't a sex worker? All of us, and, and look, I could agree with you, all of us were kind of thinking about that. They sold the show 
as a show where there would be models, sex workers, performers. And then we have little Kevin who came from a little town in the middle of nowhere. And he shows up and yes, he's cute, but he's not none of these things. And you brought that up. Well, I brought it up. Um, to be honest with you, I, uh, I told, you know, they knew my role on this show was to talk no one really talked on this show and i was like you know i would do a little research like on everyone i was like so you know i honestly thought i'd be like the new york of the mm -hmm. slag wars really because she was the bitch that always brought up topics i look up to her tiffany when it comes to reality television topic no one would talk about anything uh you know we were all there no one would really speak to each other it's fucking bizarre i just started talking i was like so and i don't know why that comes off to me that's a normal conversation so why are you here <laughs> right you're not a sex worker yeah. how'd you get in here exactly what is your role <laughs> you know i would be great as like anna wintour like interviewing stuff like you know how uh, like a devil wears prada i'm very oh, yeah. uh you yeah. know i'm just business and i like to get down to fucking business and it's a yes sir i'm not gonna be like so babe so um i heard you don't do sex work that's, that's cool that's awesome um you know the sex worker show so what's the deal with that like how do you feel like no why why are you here exactly what's the deal you know I mean, good thing they didn't get me and gustavo because gustavo wasn't a sex worker as well mm. so i was mm. i was gonna go down the line baby don't you worry <laughs> um i didn't just single out kevin there was just so much footage that you could show you know without you going over your time allotment but me and kevin are really good friends me and kevin are like that. best friends it was great for kevin to have a scene honestly too because if we didn't have that scene what would have happened he would have got eliminated the next episode that was it you know, so I think that gave you gave them a storyline. Bitch, I gave them their lives. How different. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime there was a fight or anything on the fucking camera, girl, it, I was like, can we talk about this? Like, why are we all staying quiet and being like, let's destroy Kongs? Like, no, bitch. The fact this show is about bringing awareness to topics in our community, and I'm going to do it. And you did. You did. How did you get casted onto the show? Uh, they called me. They called people that have worked with them in the past. You know, we're, we're a cute little family. Now, I've never met those other people. Uh, Gustavo, Cameron, Levi, and and Kevin have never worked for them, but they I, I think they just kind of scoped out people with large followings on the internet that were unapologetically queer. They literally handpicked us, and it was for for that reason exactly. Um, someone that's unapologetic and someone who so from the cast, um, kind of going back to like when you met everybody. What was your kind of your first impressions of everybody? So, and you can you can even ask everyone. I thought Levi hated me. Me and Cameron were um, we would Instagram with each other prior. <laughs> like I kind of said, I wasn't there to make friends. Um, but first impressions. So Kevin, I was like, oh, little cute. You know, like yeah, yeah, I just yeah. thought he was like a sweet, innocent. First impression would be innocence. Um, Kane. Kane, I, I thought the same thing, but then Kane, I looked at and I was like, wow, Kane is, Kane's a freak because Kane had these chains on. Kane had this sexual energy and vibe about him. The boys, uh, Levi and Cameron, first impression would be stuck up. Um, you know, they walked in barely holding a bag. We all had suitcases. I guess they left theirs outside the gate or something. They, you know, they looked very stuck up to me. Um, <laughs> Gustavo, mi amor. We, um, so first impression, I thought he was like a thug, you know, with all his tattoos and crazy yeah, shit. He gives you that. He gives you that thug, thug thing. Nasty. But you know what's the funniest thing? He's more feminine than me. He's like, oh my <laughs> God, oh, girl, stop. Like, you know, 
And he has like the, I don't want to put his business out there, but his job is so far from what you think he looks like. His real job in real life. It's so funny to know that he does what he does for work. And you're like, oh, you have tattoos all over your fucking eyelids. Like, it's crazy yeah. to me that you do what you do. It's so funny. Crazy. I'm like, holy shit. I didn't ever think that he would be like this big teddy bear. Tyrese, I would be honest with you. Um, My first impression was watching them walk through a gate saying, we're here. And like, just being loud. And, yeah. um... Um, I immediately was like, oh, here's the loudmouth that's going to try to make everything about themselves. And I was a little accurate about that. Um, yeah, I th- those are my first impressions about everyone. Who are you like? I, I mean, we know Gustavo. And if you, I mean, I've watched the live. So I knew that that you said um, Kevin was someone you had a, your eye on, obviously. Me and Gustavo do have a great connection. We're like brother and sister. Yeah, we tried dating for a little bit and... Um, after our photo shoot with Sam Morris in London um, with the foot fetish challenge. It was so awesome. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have that on your background of your phone, but you should. Everyone does. It, it was a great experience getting to know Gustavo and um, trying to get him know better on a better, get to know him better on a, another level. Um, but we are truly brother and sister. We are there for each other through thick and thin. Um, on the show, um, <laughs> it was after night one of 18 hours of filming, Kevin did was talking a big game and tried rubbing up on my junk and trying to get me erect. Um, fuck, why am I talking about that? Rubbing up on my cock and trying to get me hard. And I wanted to fuck him that night and he just wouldn't have it. So um, he was just, uh, he was just all talk. And, um, but now me and Kevin are the best of friends. So you see it. We have a show on yeah. Instagram live called the Kevin and Nikki show. And we talk shit about like what's going on in the Slag Wars community and our and our um private chats and stuff and uh <laughs> we we really we we do it very um backhanded to where we don't name names or anything <laughs> but we do talk to it for sure i know for sure you guys have not like tuned into any of those little lives you guys should i'm for sure living my best life in in the little just listening <laughs> do you know our number people. one question in our sh- in our instagram show is uh, would you ever collab with Nikki on an OnlyFans video? And he's like, no. And I was like, well, that's where we defer, babe, because I'm about the money and you're about the <laughs> friendship. And yeah. um, you don't got to be friends with people you work with. But when you clock out, you can be friends again. I was like, I'd fuck yeah. OnlyFans and make $10,000. Absolutely. Exactly. He's succeeding so well on OnlyFans. I'm so proud of him. <laughs> His shit isn't even like, I wouldn't deem it sexy. He like does crazy shit where he's wearing a chalk strap <laughs> and he's dancing to like old <laughs> Hillary Duff songs and like slapping his asshole for no reason like it's the funniest thing to me in the world everyone thinks OnlyFans is about raunch and gore and fucking cum guzzling whores and it's not so many I know chefs that do private shows on OnlyFans I know celebrities like Cardi B that do post behind the scenes music videos of OnlyFans you know what I'm saying like it's OnlyFans is a great platform and I fucking love it because you never know what you're gonna get on there yeah and I mean it's nice to know you know that you are my sister-in-law um, that that connection of us being friends is not only from just us talking, but you know, Kevin and Gustavo, my two husbands from far away, <laughs> <laughs> and it, that makes you my sister-in-law too. So you know, that's it's very it's very nice to hear that. <laughs> but so let's talk about. Um, so we know that you and Gustavo are close. We know that you and Kevin are close. But 
what about the rest of them? Do you guys still keep in touch? Are you guys, you know, how's how's everything after the show? So, um, I respect Kane so much to where uh, we're not super close. No, um, me, me, Kevin, and Gustavo are. Um, well, me and Kevin are close. Me and Gustavo are close, and that's about it. Kevin really doesn't talk to anyone else in the cast like that. Well, I guess you'd have to ask Kevin that. But um, as far as I'm concerned, we're the closest of the three. I don't know about everyone else, though. Um, Cameron and Levi and all them. I don't know if they talk to anyone else. Um, I barely, no, I don't speak to Cameron and Levi. Not by, like, mean choice or anything. The same with Tyrese. We don't, we just all don't really speak. Me and Kane do speak occasionally when there is an interview or um, a publication that wants to talk about resilience, awareness of the trans community or drug addiction or suicide prevention. He does hook me up with interviews like that. And um, I, I constantly inbox him and tell him how proud I am of him and how I was rooting for him to win. He's definitely my winner. Um, he <laughs> has a story that needs to be told and that is so amazing. Um, Tyrese, I do not speak to Tyrese at all. I don't I don't think they speak to any of us. I don't know. I don't really know. I've never heard that anyone's kept in touch on that end. And I'm not sure I really want to. Tyrese has not used this platform really to speak freely about, from what I've seen, don't quote me, but I, I have not seen anything from Tyrese about Black lives issues, um, gender issues. I just see like the whole, like, I want a beauty contest. Here's my fashion on their page i it upsets me a little bit because you could have had someone like kane who could you know who would use their voice and this platform and these interviews of using their voice for the greater good um again i don't know what tyrese has planned for the future maybe because it's just so new but i would have if I was Tyrese, would have started using my voice the second I won that competition. Do you get what I'm saying? And uh, this is not a read. This is not a throw under the bus. This is not a, I'm starting a war. This is me simply stating how I feel. If you get mad, stay mad. I don't know what to tell you. Honey, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, just how I, I feel. It's, it's, I mean, and I think you have a point. There is a certain level of urgency whenever you win a, a contest. You only have a certain amount of time that the crown is yours or the title is yours or whatever you want to call it. So you do want to start running and you want to make sure that you have those things that you want to talk about and those movements and, and you're doing something with your time because time flies, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and if you're not doing anything, we will forget that your reign passed. And then after your reign, you won't have really nothing to remind you <laughs> to remind us of. Right. So um, I'm all for, you know, if you, if you have a platform, use it for the greater good. I mean, kind of like Gaga. Gaga's been bullied her whole life, and she made a whole album called Born This Way to talk about anti-discrimination. About uh, She has a song called Angel Down, which is about Trayvon Martin. Uh, you know, she uses her voice anytime she possibly can. She made a whole album called Joanne to bring awareness to lupus, a blood disorder. You know what I'm saying? It's like, come on, guys. Like, let's use our voices. I could think about another diva. Um, and one of my favorite divas and something, some, a diva that's, that, that has grown so much in my heart, um, Nikki Monet. She is doing the same thing and bringing so much awareness. And I love how transparent you are and how you are so willing to talk about it. I think it's so important um, to put out that story. And not everybody's, you know, not everybody's trans story is the same. Not and at you all. for sure have your own and you are making sure that your story is heard 
and that's amazing and 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 i can't you know praise you enough for that thank you so, so much important. what is what is in the horizon for Ms. Nikki? So the pandemic taught me, you know, before the pandemic, I don't know if you are familiar with my work in LA um, before Slag Wars. I don't know if you've ever seen me perform, but I was working seven days a week, three venues a day, had no life, had no voice really. Um, the only thing I really was vocal about was, you know, in my performances is being body positive. You could be a thick girl, still be flexible, do gymnastics, be sexy, show off your curves, wear pasties, wear a thong on stage, get soaking wet do this, do that. But I learned that during the pandemic and not working anymore and not being able to book shows, book TV appearances, book modeling gigs, that there is an urgency of awareness that needs to be brought to our community. And um, I think I'm focusing 2021 on bettering mental health for our community and bringing awareness to trans matters, um, bringing awareness to how guys treat us, how men think that they can just walk all over us, how men think they can date us and tell us to chop off our dicks and we'll do it. Um, there are some women who do believe that they are not women until they get their surgery and that's okay. And that's their truth. But mine, unfortunately, is not like that. I believe that I am a trans person. I love having a penis. I love living who I am. And some guys um, think that that's wrong. And I, you're not allowed to tell me what's wrong with myself. And I refuse to let anyone bring me down anymore. So, um, and I want to inspire others to feel that way instead of getting beat up in the street, instead of getting fucking murdered, instead of getting talked to like shit online, I want the girls to fucking stand up and take control of themselves. And I want that to be a norm now. So I think 2021 is what you have to look forward to for me is bringing awareness to topics that never get talked about and people with loud mouths get shit done. And I'm hoping to be that bitch that gets shit done in 2021. So that's what you have to look forward to. Well, thank you, Nikki. Um, you are wearing an amazing shirt. I am. So my t-shirt is a picture of me and it says, some girls have dicks, get over it. And it's just something that's truthful. It's, it's my truth. It's uh, actually inspired from me living in LA. A lot of the guys want to suck our dicks, get fucked by us in the ass, but then don't want to go to dinner with us because they think we're fucking freaks. And they think what the world is going to think of them is terrible. So I wanted to bring normalization and reality to um, people in California and the world, really, that some girls have dicks and you're just going to have to get over it. I don't hide myself. You know, I've had a I've had guys be like, who does your grocery shop? And I'm like, me, what are you talking about? They're like, you go to the grocery store. And I'm like, yeah, why wouldn't I go to a grocery store? You don't hire someone. You're, you're, you're not scared of what people say like behind your back. I was like, no one says anything behind my back at a fucking grocery store. What are you talking? Like people think we're literally they're hidden under you. rocks. They're like, damn girl. Why are you so hot? That's what they say behind your girl. Back. It's so fucking crazy <laughs> to me that guys think that I'm like some hidden creature yeah. that like quarantines every day of her life. And that's just simply not true. I'm very proud of who I am. It's nuts. You know, I've actually had trade before. Like, tell me, like, I wish I was as strong as you. I wish I can be as like, I follow you on Instagram and I see you like you're very inspiring. I just simply can't my family would kill me if I was truthful about myself, about loving someone like you. And I'm like, first off, that's a bullshit cop out. You don't have to tell your family I have a dick. First off, that's none of nobody's business. You do you tell your dad, do you tell your mom how good you eat out your wife? No, you do not. Why do you have to say, hey, my girlfriend has a dick and I suck it? Like, why would you? I never understood the whole coming out to parents or family that 
that makes zero sense to me. And I refuse to ever let that be a control issue in my life. Um, and I wish more people would do that. Where can we see more of you, Nikki? You know, be, you know that back alley behind Mickey's with the <laughs> leaking pipe <laughs> on sunset? You clocked in at nine. I got there at seven. So I, <laughs> I got the double. I got the seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. where can you see more of me you could see me on instagram.com slash nikki monet n-i-c-k-y-m-o-n-e-t all my adult themed social medias are uh, monet nikki it's miss monet if you nasty so um uh yeah because <laughs> of janet jackson miss jackson if you nasty <laughs> i decided to make my only fans on my twitter monet nikki i spelled my name backwards so that way you can find my adult stuff on twitter and only fans monet nikki m-o-n-e-t n-i-c-k-y and uh I have some awesome collabs coming up with a bunch of people and it's going to be great content for you guys. So I hope you guys enjoy that and go support me. And yeah. And if you guys haven't watched yet, Slag Wars, oh my I God, yes. for sure tell you guys, you have to watch it. Slagwars.com. All four episodes are on there and um, they are fun. You guys are going to love it. Thank you for everybody listening and have a good one. Yes. And one love. So remember to like, subscribe, leave a comment. You can follow me on Instagram at Chris Diva, and you can follow the pod as Hard Talks with Chris. And I want to give a special thanks to Jamison for letting me borrow his song Fuckable for the intro and outro.